now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Yeah, this is Ron Real Radio, and I am Captain Ron. John's back in Florida. John asked me last week when I came on the show to talk about my kids' tournament if I wanted to host a radio show. And I haven't hosted one since Fish Talk Radio back in the old days, so... I said, yeah, why not? I think I could do it. So here we are. We got Wendy's with us tonight. Hello, Wendy. Hey, Captain Ron. It's like old times. How long has it been since we did a radio show together, Wendy? Uh, I think we started, I started in 1998 with you, Fish Talk Radio. Isn't that wonderful? Well, it's great, you know. And we got a great guest in studio. We got Ernie Prado from the Chabasco Sport Fishing. How you doing, Ernie? How are you, Captain Ron? Great to be here. Hello, Wendy. Hey, Ernie. It's all good, and we got some great guests. I got TJ from the El Dorado going to call in with a live from the, from the boat, live from San Clemente Island. And then I got a, a, uh, a little kid named Weston Bryant that started fishing with me, and his dad and him bought a little parker, and they got a little charter business called In-Depth Sport Fishing, and they have been laying the wood to these big tuna. So I, he's, I'm so proud of him. He got his license. He's got, he's just turned 19 years old a couple of days ago, and he's doing so good. So, oh, that's gotta, awesome. Oh, it is great. It's just you know, the, you know, I probably have about, I think of all the kids that kind of I kind of brought along with all their licenses. There must be five or six or seven of those kids running boats today, Ernie. What do you think? I uh, know there's a few. I, there's definitely quite a few. <laughs> I would think there's more than that. You're older than dirt, Ron. <laughs> No, I'm not. Oh, you're picking on him now, Wendy. <laughs> I, I want you to know, though, I just renewed for my 11th light issue. Wow. So, uh, 50 years I've had my captain's license. And that that's was, twice as long as I have. That's yeah, twice as long. Well, I like it. I like it. Oh, so, man. Anyway, we're going to talk about where Ernie got started. What what year did I meet you? I, Big Ernie sold you the boat. And Big, Big Ernie sold me the boat yeah, in 2000. And, and, uh, and he asked me if I wanted to come down and help you. Yes. And he kind of, I like Big Ernie. I said, yeah, okay. So I came down, and we put the boat in in Islandia, and we started doing it. So what year was that in Islandia? Well, we moved down to Islandia in uh, January of 2001. Mm-hmm. So we started here in 2001 in San Diego. Uh, we, Ernie Kazis, uh, he's passed now, and myself and Daryl Sato. And uh, 
Ross Driscoll. I don't know if you remember Ross. Yeah. Ross used to work with us. We loaded the boat up with a bunch of stuff, <laughs> all kinds of stuff, and left Long Beach Sport Fishing yeah. after we had started. Uh, we'd been at Long Beach Sport Fishing for about three years before that, and before that we were at 22nd Street Landing, Yeah, the 5 a.m. boat. Yeah. So yeah. we loaded up, brought it down to Islandia. I tied it up, met some great guys that first morning, and we went off fishing the next day. That's great. So it was, uh, it was quite an exciting time yeah. in my life. I, I came down and worked with Ernie. I must have been there at least five years, huh? Yeah, I think you, you were my first real relief guy. Yeah. Uh, I'll never forget it. I think it was my second summer down here. And I called Ernie one day and said, Ernie, I can't do this anymore. I can't. Like, if, if we, I can't find anyone to run the boat, and it's I'm just coming apart of the seams here. I need a day in. And he's, he was a little upset. And I, I, I there was a Tuesday, someday in August, I finally laid the boat in because we kind of hit the ground running here not really knowing what to expect. And I was on a flyer, and it worked out for us. And I've been really blessed and happy to still be here and be in this position here now 16 years later. Yeah. Kind of a long time. Wendy, I was telling Ron before the show started, I think the first time I met you was back, I think you were involved with Irvine Lake back in the early uh, or mid-'90s, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that was uh, the mid-90s, and that's exa- exactly where I met Stan Vanderberg and who brought me on to Fish Talk Radio with Captain Ron. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, Stan was a, a regular uh, of ours. when I So I started back at Turner's Outdoorsman in Reseda, and that's how I ended up really my first <laughs> professional stint into yeah. the fishing world yeah. was working there at Turner's. I remember and, Ernie asked me, he said, my boat's down at Islandia. The guy needs some help. You want to go down there and help him? I, yeah, why not? It's close to home. Why not? It worked out. Five years. We had, we had some great trips. We did some great things out of that little landing. That was, that was. Fun. I liked it because you could just leave the dock and you were at the bait dock in like a minute. Yeah. Get your bait and you were out of the harbor in five minutes almost. You know. We don't realize how lucky we are oh to God. have it down here. You know, I, uh, you know, Tiny, who's worked for me, Anthony. He came from Oceanside, so he had it pretty close, but the bait situation's different. We don't realize how lucky we are and spoiled we are to have the Everingham brothers working hard. I mean, and and some of the problems that we have are are so minute compared to what other places have. It's unbelievable, yeah. Have the best bait in all of Southern California all the time. So you were at Islandia. For how many years were you at Islandia? So I was there until they shut Islandia down, and I wish I had a better memory about that, Ron. Yeah. God, it had to be about 2009, something like that. Yeah. I um, remember I was working for you, and then Fred Huber called me and said, hey, we got a charter on the Point Loma, and we don't have anybody to run it. Would you run it? I, yeah. So I went over there, and the boat was not nowhere near ready to go. It's one of these deals, if you don't use it, you lose it. So I got the boat ready to row, and then, then I ran the trip, and then he asked me if I wanted to come work this boat full time. And I thought, well, it's a nice little boat. Yeah. I said, but when Ernie needs me, I'm going to go help Ernie. Oh, okay, okay, because he wanted to get me. But a couple times that we did that, because yeah. I'd come over and relieve you. That I was part of the days. deal. I was yeah, loyal to it you. It didn't work out real great in the beginning, but... I had Trevor coming up right then. Yeah, well, that's right. We were right. lucky. Yeah. We got real lucky there. Yeah, but I went over there and did your boat, and then, then I was on uh, Point Loma for like eight years or something, you know. 
That was good. I, I oh, enjoyed yeah. that. I enjoyed local fishing. So it's it's amazing thing this fishing that we do and to what we get to do and to touching so many people's lives oh, like we amazing. were talking about yeah, that. Exactly. You talk about how many captains you come underneath have, have come out from underneath your you know your wing and yeah. worked worked with you on your deck. Um, I've had some some myself and not nearly the amount of time that you have. And I, I think back to what got me involved in the sport. And, and my love for fishing, which I, I basically kept telling myself, I'm going to try and make a living doing this, and I'm going to keep trying, I'm going to keep trying. I just, next thing you know, you've got a couple boats and a couple kids, and you're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, Wendy, uh, I, I was telling Ron, because we were talking about some different things, and I got to tell you, Ron asked me a question before we got, I got on the air this morning or this afternoon. And he said, what's your, your best fish story ever, you know? And one of my favorite fish stories ever, and, and it, I think it means more to me because it's one of the reasons why I got involved in sport fishing. And, and I want you to make sure you share this with Merritt if he's not listening, but this is one of the, okay. best, the best times. So Mike Wynn and I are still great friends. I went up to Nevada and went to Mike's wedding, was been involved in his life for we've been involved with each other you know good buddies for a long time but this is when we first met and i don't remember if i was working in the tackle shop at the time or if i was already already working i was probably doing both working in the tackle shop and working down in san pedro um i came up there because mike had called me and said that merit's going to tomorrow we're going for sure for albacore there's some albacore out near the Rodriguez, and no one knows about it, but it's, it's the first day, and there's hardly anybody coming. So I, I got in my Volkswagen bus. I had a 71 VW bus back then. <laughs> Drove it up the freeway, and there was 14 of us on the Seahawk. And my deal with Mike was always, I had to take a wheel watch. He's like, you got to watch the wheel for me. That boat never had an autopilot back then. We'd have to wheel watch. and I took the wheel watch right before dawn, and we started seeing breaking fish. But Mike had told me, don't wake Merritt up till 6.30. Do not wake Merritt up till 6.30. That's when he wants to get up. So I finally wake Mike up, and we see all this breaking fish. And Merritt comes up, and he says, are you guys, well, we've been watching fish for, I don't know, 20 minutes. Has anybody put a jig out? Well, no, I didn't know. I just was here to make sure we didn't die. <laughs> make sure we didn't crash. <laughs> so Mike goes back, goes to set the jigs. Doesn't even get the fourth jig set on the last corner, and the first one goes off. So we had two stops that day. There was 16 of us on the Seahawk. That was it, on the new Seahawk, his second boat. And we absolutely wedged that, but we had 240 albacore for the 16 of us. And we bumped the boat forward about a quarter of a mile for our second stop. And it was one of those days that we laughed about it and laughed all the way home and laughed all day long and I knew at the end of that day that this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my yeah, life. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Now, oh, mind that's you, awesome. <laughs> now, mind you, there were plenty of trips up there in Santa Barbara that I didn't want to be doing that ever again. <laughs> uh, I, I spent plenty of days on that boat in some really rough weather, hoping to God that I was going to see sunshine again. But <laughs> that, was a, yeah. that was one of those special days. It happens. It, it just takes one. I wish that albacore would come back. You know, I think... Thinking back on, I think that I had one of the last 
good scores of albacore on your boats when that fish showed up on the 182 for two days. Yeah. And I went out and had a meter mark and had 40. Remember that day? We had some good albacore, yeah. you know, towards the end there, all in close to smaller stuff, probably 2010. Yeah, I Towards the end of that I stuff, I had we had some on day. a 302, 180, you know, 182. And all these little boats there. floating around me, and we were all, oh, it was great. It was just, we need that fish back. You know, it's a, it's a nice fish to have back. It definitely yeah. is a crowd pleaser, and it definitely is. Well, there's action consistent. all day. There's jig stripes. There's something yes. to do all day. You know, so. this yellowfin tuna has has been very challenging the last couple of seasons, and it was kind of challenging the first year until we got it figured out and really got it dialed in as to what worked and what worked different compared to what yeah, we've been yeah. doing fishing albacore yeah, all those yeah, years yeah. offshore. Hey, Wendy, you made a you. I saw where you made a was it a trip to Guadalupe or where did all you girls go fishing? Oh, we went on the Independence, and we went on a five-day, but uh, due to the, all the islands being close to us, we took a trek all the way out, uh, almost 500 miles, uh, went to the ridge, and uh, the water was green, so we went offshore tuna fishing and found, you lucked into some tuna. Good for you. Nice. Yeah. So no yellowtail on the ridge, huh? No, we, we didn't get to fish that because it was green, but I am going to go fish Guadalupe uh, next week. So. Yeah. Oh, fabulous. One of the new, I mean, I know some of the boats have gotten their permits now, so everyone's starting to make the run to Guadalupe. Yeah. Uh, who are you going down with, Wendy? Um, I'm going with the Searcher. It's an annual trip, and, yeah. uh, you know, I, 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 I love that crew and that boat. Those guys are awesome to me. Yeah. I used to go every year with Mike on the big game. Hot dog, Mike Jewett. Oh, yeah. Great captain for Guadalupe. We had some phenomenal trips. Dean and I would go. It would be a bunch of people from the zoo. I took my kid with me. It's really, it was, it's, yeah, that's really good fishing when it's good. It's a magical place. I've been there a few times in my life. Not as many as I'd like to, but it's. Uh, I've always enjoyed fishing tuna there yeah. and yellowtail. It's, yeah. You know, the last yeah, couple of years fun. with the sharks and everything. It's a great place. Oh, yeah. It's a great destination fishing trip. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Biggest yellowtail I ever caught, I caught the Guadalupe. I caught him on a yo-yo, and I was wa- while I was walking by the bait tank, we ro- we weighed him. You know, weighed 48 pounds, 2 ounces. I was so proud of that fish. I drug it around the back of the bait tank so they could tag it and do all that, and there was like 8 or 10 yellowtail laying on the deck, and mine was the only honorable mention. There was a couple of 58s and 55s. And I, oh, oh yeah. God. You want to catch a big yelltail, that's that's the place to go. Or big tuna, too. We used to catch it from the anchor. The last guys that were down there, Wendy, I know had some good yelltail fishing. So yeah. I know Mike on the Spirit's been down there a couple of times. Mike Lackey, there. too, had big yellows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Brian from the American Angler, when we were out on the Indy, he went there, and they got some really nice yellows, and the tuna weren't biting yet. But I'm hoping when we get there, we'll have both the yellow yellowtail and the tuna. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's good. It's it's starting to really heat up down here. We're starting to see. I was just telling Ron, we're starting to see some of this bait get eaten up. These yellowtail that we've been looking at on kelps are starting to bite a little bit, and uh, some tuna are starting to play a little bit. So I'm hoping here, real soon, the, the light switch is going to turn on completely here. Give hey guys, this is Rod and Real Radio. I am Captain Wrong in the studio with Ernie. Wendy's on the other end. Up in the L.A. area. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll be back with more. we got some great call-in guests tonight. So hang in there.
You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hi, I'm Chad, designer and owner of Hookup Baits. Hookup Baits jigs are the most realistic and effective jigs ever developed. The realistic action and looks of these jigs catch everything from crappie and trout to yellowtail and tuna and everything in between. In fact, in the last year, I have only thrown hookup baits and have caught close to 100 different species of fish. These jigs are so versatile and easy to use with eight different sizes and colors to match the hatch wherever you fish. You can fish them on top, you can fish them on the bottom, fast, slow, and even troll them. You can find these great jigs for fresh and saltwater fishing at hookupbaits.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your baitcasters, the PTA design has a new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone-crushing drag. Quantum Fishing, we are performance-tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> 
I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. What a great commercial. You know, Hank Parker, I had him on my, in the studio on Fish Talk Radio a couple times. I, I saw him in person up at Rick Crover's Bassathon. And what an asset he is in the fishing industry. And for him to say it made his day to do a commercial on McDonald's is like, that was a classic. And I talked to John about, how'd you do that? Oh, it just happened. To, just just happened, you know. That's how you get good cuts like that. So Sometimes it just happens. Yeah. That's it. I got a story I want to share with Ernie. Ernie and I, well, I fished with Ernie. I, I used to kind of, to be honest with you, Ernie, I kind of messed with you a little bit. Oh, I know you did. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> no, I did. I used it. His pet Leaving tissues I, behind everything. You know, well, well, here's the deal. <laughs> no, because a commercial boat, you never. there's some things you, you can never replace if you're on a 30-day trip. So we would always save our paper towels, like if you cleaned your glasses and stuff. And I just got into a habit. So up in the wheelhouse, Wendy, I'd, I'd clean my glasses and I'd stick the paper towels behind the radio and over here and over there and up here. And then, <laughs> because that was, in, I don't know, it was a habit. I'd come back after two days off, Wendy, and <laughs> I'd be picking out. And I didn't know if he's using them to clean his glasses or what he's using <laughs> them to clean. I'm pulling these tissues out from behind the pedometer, behind the radios. Oh, yeah. The autopilot, there's oh one tucked God. in there, yep. and he'd always want to save them. And he'd say, they're clean, they're clean. I said, uh, that's fine, but I'm oh, driving yeah. the boat for the next five days, yeah, I and know. this is how it's going to yeah, be. It was great. You know, that's... And then I would leave them up there on purpose, because <laughs> I know how much it bothered him. Captain Ron, you're not going to believe this, but I have that same, or Ernie, I have that same problem with merit. He leaves them everywhere. He must have learned it from you, Ron. Well, that's what he you do. must have. That's what, you know what, there's things when you run out of them and you're 400 miles in the ocean, that's a commodity. You know, yeah. you don't want to run out of fuel and you don't want to run out of fresh water and you run out of food. But everybody goes through the, if you use paper towels and waste them. You're going to go through them. You're going to Absolutely. Lose them. You won't have any. So. I had a fly bridge on my boat, so my glasses were just always messed up. So with Ernie's boat, I don't know. I just kind of do a habit of doing that. No, I, I believe it. I believe it. And it's funny because even like just this morning, I went down to the dock, and uh, we got the uh, my, my smaller boat, the, Chib- the uh, Pronto, out on the charter this morning at 5.30 a.m. And then I, I hung around for a little bit, and when Tiny and the guys got down there, I wanted to talk to a couple of guys down below, so I walked down the dock to use a dispatch, and I looked at Tiny. I said, um, am I going to want to go in the wheelhouse? And he kind of got sheepish and was giving me these looks like, uh And all, everybody's throwing him under the bus instantly. Yeah, it's fine, except looks like the, the VF has got, you know, uh, there's a stack of sweatshirts in the corner, as always. It's like a swap meet in the back of the wheelhouse. The guys all stack their sweatshirts and never take them home. So it gets me really upset. He got me all goaded up. I walked down the dock. I walked across, and it's spotless. And he had no idea I was coming down. So it was really clean. A couple things out of the way, but no big deal. It was just laughing because they were th- they were having a you know a little laugh at my at my expense this morning oh, yeah. just to oh, yeah. just to see the boss get riled up, Wendy. It's yeah. pretty fun. You know he he had a <laughs> Wendy he had a deckhand named Trevor who was just a great kid. Trevor and I had so many good trips together, and he did such a good job for Ernie and for me. He was just the best first deck you could ever have, you know. So he he, he wanted to run the boat. 
So I told him, I says, Al, okay, I'm going to get off the boat and you're going to take the boat to the field dock for the first time. He said, well, I can't do it with Ernie. With Ernie on the boat, I just can't do it. <laughs> I said, okay, I understand. I said, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to untie the boat and you're going to do it by yourself. This yourself. is where Captain Ron is at his best. This is where he gets a chance to really pass so along his I, knowledge I, and wisdom. I jump off the boat and I'm walking over to the fuel dock to take a line. Here comes Ernie down the dock. What are you doing? He's, I said, well, Trevor's going to take the boat to the fuel dock, and I'm going to grab a line. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I just told him, I said, wait a minute. That's, you got to kind of pass the torch, you know? I wouldn't have wanted to work for myself back then, Ron. <laughs> you know, I tell you, Wendy, time, age, and kids. It really, uh, it's no joke. It really changes you. I start to realize even my wife was always telling me, she's like, you're a lot nicer now. And, I, you know, you start to realize that there's a lot more important things in the world yeah. and, and that these kids do a great job. They work hard. And we're all here for the yeah, same, yeah. same reason. We all love, love the ocean or just fishing. And, and we've got this, this uh, opportunity to take a lot of people fishing for the first time. Yeah, that's right. And that is something that a lot of these other guys, well, there's not, not many jobs in this country or in the world where you can expose someone to something for the first time. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it is so much fun. Uh, Sam Moore, captain on the Intrepid now, he's an old pinhead of mine. I look at him, and I I haven't even had a chance to talk to him much, but we've communicated a little bit by text, and I'm proud as heck as a guy like that. Yeah, I'm the same way. I got some kids to do that. Trevor now has got his 500-ton license, and he runs a ship for the Navy. I told Trevor. I I told Ernie. He does a great job. I said, Ernie, it's okay. He can do it. Do me a favor, will you? I said, go back up to the parking structure so he can't see you. If you want to watch him, watch him from the parking structure. I remember that day. Remember? And you were free. And funny, I think you realized, oh, well, what am I going to do about it? He's not going to crash. He did a wonderful job. And you could see the kid's level just, okay, I'm ready now. You know, it was like, <laughs> I mean, everybody's got to have a chance. You know what? And, yeah. and that's absolutely. And we all got it one time or another. Uh, some of us got fed, fed, you know, right hot in the fire. I mean, I got my license, and yeah. I, I was learning how to how to dock that Chabasco too, cold, and we were in that slip where just a couple of years before the guy had ran in, ran into the the firewall there, oh, yeah. in, in in Long Beach sport fishing, and and so it was always a big thing in the back of my mind. But I'll tell you, it makes you makes you learn about how important our machinery is and how important. A good operating boat is, oh, yeah, that boat's, and, and that it's, boat's it's taught me a lot. And, that and you boat, see you know, that. the Chabasco is a great fishing platform. It's really a good boat for novice because there's not a lot of things. It's not cluttered, a lot of deck room, easy access up the sides. It's good wide boat. and wide. low, yeah. and that's what has made it great for what it does oh, yeah. mainly now. This yeah. this local inshore fishing, twenty feet wide, you get plenty of people across the stern. Plenty of people up the sides, and that's what's kept it going. I mean, that's Art Roby had it up in San Francisco for many years, fishing halibut with it, and that was his whole thing. Even after he sold it, he'd called Big Ernie and talk to him about, oh, man, I missed that boat because he bought that uh, fiberglass boat, and they're great. Everybody has them. I mean, that's that's what I'd like to probably get next is a you know Pacific Northwest fiberglass hold rig. But they just don't ride like like two picks. They don't ride as big big wood boats. Yeah, 
have a, have a special feel that I think every fisherman in Southern California You know, knows. my first job was on the GW. Oh, yeah. I was, on, I, was, I was sweeping the Redondo Pier off. That was my very first job in the industry. I'd get $2 to sweep the pier off. I'd get free breakfast in the, the cafe at the end of the pier. But I got free bait from the bait barge. <laughs> tickets, tickets were six for a quarter. I could get all the bait I wanted. That was the hook. I'd ride my bike down from Hermosa. And then one day, Homer Lightfoot was running the GW. And he says, what are you doing, kid? you want to go want to work on the GW? I think I was 13, 14. Sounded like so, a foghorn. What was that? Yeah. Anyway, that's how I started, was just being there at the right place and opportunity strikes and Wendy, were you, what what were you have you always been involved in fishing? Like I said, I remember you going back to freshwater fishing. Uh, Brian Yamani, a, a great mutual friend of ours, one of my best buddies, and, and I know you're good friends with him and I remember we used to go fish Irvine back then and that was the first time I ever met you and I I didn't know if, if you were involved you know, what you were doing or how you ended up in the saltwater world. Oh, Okay, so I started at Irvine Lake, and that was my first foot in the door. And then I started fishing uh, tournaments. Um, I learned uh, from one of my good buddies, and you probably know him, Don Spencer, mm-hmm. and a good, good friend of Brian. Oh, and yeah, big said, Don. You know, oh, you yeah. Should, you, he said, you should fish tournaments. I'm like, okay. So I uh, found a partner and uh, didn't work out, so I borrowed boats and fished my first season, one angler of the year, fishing single, and uh, that's how I got started. That is absolutely awesome. Yeah, I know, great? you know, there weren't a lot of women, and I don't know how many there are. In, is there uh, a lot of women still involved in bass fishing? In no, tournaments? not no, not at all, and not especially here in Southern California because there's so much for people to do that, you know, bass fishing isn't just one of those things that, you know, come and come to mind. Yeah. Where if you go back east, that's all the families do or is bass fish or, you know, fish for bream sure, or pike or walleye. Sure, that's a Saturday or a Sunday. You know, I remember, when right. we, I remember when we used to get Aaron and Carol Martins on the show. Yeah, Carol used on. to fish tournaments remember a lot. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And Carol had a Carol had another partner that she fished with a couple girls, uh, women I should say. Excuse me, um, yeah. I can't remember her name right now, but I know there was. Well, a, there was a woman. always Tammy Morrow. Tammy oh, was awesome. Oh yeah, I fished with John. They, they were down from me. They, they were they lived down in Arizona. They fished Havasu a lot, Mojave and those lakes down there. But yeah, Tammy Morrow, she was a good one. They used to come in. I used to take Aaron out yellowtail fishing. He loves to fish yellowtail. I used to take him out in advance when I ran for Dick on Oceanside. He loved it. Yeah, he he went and got some sea bass not that long ago. I don't speak to him at all, but uh, I'm friends with, just through Team Daiwa, I've become friends with Ish Monroe, and we text a lot, and Ish and and Aaron are friends from being on tour together. That's quite a life, um, Wendy. I get a chance to look into their, their life a little bit. It reminds me a little bit of like a musician, or I guess all those things. Maybe a bull rider, all that. Living in an RV and traveling around the country, fishing yeah. bass tournaments. Yeah, you remember on the we used to do a thing called the tournament trail, and Jan, remember Jan, yeah. John, Jan read that was yeah. a, that was a great segment. Jan from Phoenix. No, Jan John Pristilla. He used to be the voice of the UCLA Bruins. Okay. He would he did a he did a thing called the tournament trail, and we used to bring everybody in, you know and. 
How about that time we had, who was the guy that won the Bassmasters and we had him live from the airplane? Remember that night? We've had a lot of people as, as far as winner goes, whether it was Wu Daves or uh, Kevin Van Dam or oh, yeah, Mike Iaconelli. We've had, I mean, we've had a lot of them. Yeah, that's right. I, those guys are real pros, too. You know, I, I fished a U.S. team open with Byron Velvet, remember? I went out there and fished for them. That yeah. Time. That was great. I really enjoyed myself. It's it's a big commitment. I don't think people necessarily know how much goes on behind the scenes. And even in our business, you know, I I, I kind of jest. A lot of times the customers see me in the morning. A lot of I'm not really running the boats a whole bunch these days. I, I'm basically manage, managing the business and working on our next project, which has been involving uh, looking at some more boats to buy and a bunch of other, you know, just behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on in this industry. And I don't know if the passengers always understand it. Really get a gist of what it takes to get that independence out for a five-day trip or get keep us yeah. out oh, yeah. going every single day. How many moving parts are on the back end of fuel, you know, fueling up, oil changes, restocking groceries? Heaven forbid you got to do a repair or something in, in between trips. And uh, there's a, it's it's a lot of work. A lot of times it, it it's uh, very rewarding just to be a, underway again. Yeah, very much. So, so do you do any cameos? I do. Ernie? I do. I'm actually going to be uh, up in Mammoth the end of this week to do some trout fishing with my daughters and my wife and, and my father-in-law. And then we're gonna I'm gonna fly home uh, back down and do some of my. Uh, regular trips with some guys that uh, have been fishing with me for a real long time. One of them is a group of guys that I have been fortunate to go to Puerto Vallarta with the last two years. They do a charter down there. So um, I, I go on their charter down there, and these these guys charter the Prano up here. So I get a chance to do that a couple of days. And I'm really excited now because it's starting to open up a little bit. That's, That's awesome. Mary just uh, ran the boat on Friday down in Santa Barbara. He ran the Stardust. Oh, Did he for have a Jason, that's I great. He loved it, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he loves getting back on the boat. It's nice, too, because he can just walk on and walk off. It's not his boat. Leave a list of what you need more of. See you I later. Bye. When he had the Seahawk, I was commercial fishing with a light of fishing commercial rock cod out of Mo Bay. And he would always check on me on a weather check or whatever. I mean, we just became radio friends, and then one day... I was in Santa Barbara, and I met him. It just became, I don't know, I was always there, he was always there, and so we just kind of hooked up, you know? So. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm, I wish, I do more than just cameos about, because I'm really down there all the time, Wendy. I, I've actually been really lucky this last couple of years, just because things have been going on. I'm, I'm really, we're knee-deep in, in trying to raise some two beautiful young daughters, and it's, uh, it's a lot of work keeps me very busy trying to keep the family life and the business going so i know all about that yeah we me um, too. we have fun <laughs> yeah. we have fun and i'll tell you you need to get out there it, it i'm sure Mary would tell you the same it doesn't take long just to realize why why we do it and i'm i'm ready to get back on the water oh yeah, oh, yeah. so well it says you were getting ready to take a break i guess we could do that i haven't heard the bumper <laughs> music <laughs> oh bumper music is playing ron it is yeah, it, yeah is. it is. How come I don't hear it? <laughs> I must be lost in the box. Hey, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. I got a couple things right. I want to say about my family this next trip, but we'll take a quick break and we'll be back. <laughs> 
Are you ready to sell your current boat and upgrade in preparation for the 2017 fishing season? It's sure to be one for the bucks. I'm Zach Zorn and a broker for Kessler Yachts located in San Diego. As one of the largest and most reputable brokerages on the West Coast, I can ensure that your boat will be sold in a timely manner or that your dream boat will be found. If you want to sell your boat or looking to purchase one, call Zach Zorn at Kessler Yachts, 760-815-8866 so that your name can be added to our long list of satisfied buyers and sellers. That's Zach Zorn, 760-815-8866. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Don't you just love California in the summer? Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket and make sure the people you love wear one too. Love California, boat California, save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Spent a little bit doing seven to four. Aaron Graham, an old Bosco kid. Hey, we're, we're back, back on, on the air. Oh yeah, hey, we're back. I, I don't know. I, I, you know what? I, you know, you know who I really miss, Wendy. His I, hearing, Wendy. He misses his hearing. I miss, <laughs> no, 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 wait a minute, Wendy. I miss looking in and seeing you and Brewster. It just kind of made help, kind of make the show kind of flow. You know, being in the studio with that big round table and all these guests and being able to bounce off of you and Bruce and, you know, like, I don't know, it's different. Yeah, no, that was a lot of fun, and it, it, it flows a lot easier. But now with modern technology, we're able to to, to broadcast while we're on the shooting range or uh, yeah. duck hunting sure, or uh, on yeah. the boat. Well, I did that <laughs> when I had that radio show, Rod and Re- I mean, uh, on the water radio in Phoenix, I had a sports box and I used to I I used to broadcast I broadcast from Del Mar racetrack one time so 
Oh, yeah. I'm broadcasting right now from The Hobbit in Orange. I'm going to dinner with my family as soon as we get off the air. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Hey, uh, Wendy, um, I have to ask you, does Merritt still have his, and I hate to ask it, bring up bad things, but he had a beautiful Chessie, I remember, and I can't think of the name of the dog right now. We'd gone hunting. That was Hirsch. Herschel, yeah. Yep, and Hirsch passed away. He has Arthur now, and Arthur's 13 years old, but he's deaf from all the gunshots. Oh, man. My goodness. See, that's how much time flies. You don't realize, I I, I don't realize how old I'm getting, and just have to sit and ask a couple questions like that, and people's dogs have already moved on. Well, that's that's awful. I made great memories of hunting hunting up at Kern with with Merritt and that dog and Hirsch and Hey, well, Ernie, I want you to know, you guys started something this winter that was kind of the talk of the town in Southern California. You and Joe Cassiola were trying to take over Oceanside Sport Fishing. And I know it was a long, drawn-out thing. I don't know where you're at, but maybe you can tell us about it. Okay. If you can say, everybody interested. I think that would be a good home. I don't know. I mean, I'm tied deep with the Helgen family. Dick was like a father to me. And Carrie Ein, she was like a mother to me. I knew those people when I was just a little kid. You know, I watched Joey raise up, and the girls all grew up, and I'm in friends with all of them. So just, where are we at with that? Now? Well, um, I wish I, 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 I wish I could tell you a lot more, but right now what I can tell you is that it's, uh, it wasn't this winter when it started. It's been going on now for almost 18 months. So it's been a real long, drawn-out kind of thing going on there. Um, we are a lot closer now than we were 18 months ago, but we are pretty much back to where we were last September. So a year ago, we're right back there. We are looking, uh, we should be looking at having our lease brought up here to city council once the city gets back in session. So you're dealing with the city. So we're dealing with the city now. On and I'll, I'll let everybody kind of know. Um, back 18 months ago, actually about 24 months ago, the city of Oceanside put out an RFP, a request for proposal for a new business, any type of waterfront business to occupy the space that is currently occupied by the Helgrins. Uh, there was actually an ad run in the Western Outdoor News is how I found out about it. They had, the city of had put an ad up in the Western Outdoor News. I found out about it. I made some phone calls. And this whole plan, uh, surprisingly, was hatched in the boatyard. So... I'm in the boatyard repowering the Pronto. We redid the Pronto from stem to stern, from keel to the top. It's all been redone, rewired, repowered, new bunk pads, new windows. Did the whole boat. So I'm in the boatyard rebuilding the Pronto, and uh, Joe Cassiola's in the stall right next to me, and this whole thing had kind of come about. We started talking. One night after boat work, we sat down and kind of hashed out some ideas and kind of this, this whole fledgling plan was birthed, but I want to say almost kind of rebirth. It's an idea that's been around for a while, but I think right now is our time where this is, our, this is the future of, of our industry and uh, something that, that can be really a benefit to the entire industry, not, not just Oceanside. I mean, definitely the city of Oceanside, but an opportunity to, to bring science and education all and, and sport fishing all under one roof. So that's what we've been working on. Joe and I reached out to the Peer Institute, 
which was started by Tom Flager. Yeah. And you, most people, and a lot of guys in the fishing industry that have been involved a long time are familiar with Tom and the Flager Foundation. But really we're working with Chuggy, Dr. Chuggy Sepulveda, who's his director and has been his director for yeah. quite some time now as well. So um, the city chose our, our RFP, and we moved forward with our RFP until September of last year when it was stopped. Some things, they said there was a glitch in the system. But make a long story short, it's kind of turned into this legal battle. Um, we've hung in there. We haven't gone away. And we are moving forward and planning to, to do this business, just, you know, business as usual. I mean, as long as I worked for Dick, which when my first wife passed away, Dick called me and he asked me what I was going to do. And he offered me a job, so. It was a great way for me to move down. Yeah, I remember you were running the advance yeah, back then. Yeah, well, I first ran the old, the old 95, but there was three-day trips, and I couldn't raise an a 11-year-old and a 15-year-old and be gone three days a week. Couldn't, wasn't going to happen. No. Nope. I did it, but I didn't. So anyway, that's how. And even then, Joe wanted to be involved in the landing. Joe's been wanting to buy that landing or be involved in that landing for a long time. So. Yeah, Joe's, Joe's a great guy. He does a great job. Uh, combining fishing and his, he also does a lot of uh, science and research trips, floating labs. And that's one of the things that we're really excited about trying to be able to bring that. We definitely want to continue fishing, but it's, it's time that the industry gets an opportunity to have everything blended together. And I think it's, it's great for the stewardship of the oceans for us to make, continue doing what we're doing, making great captains and great crews that are knowledgeable of the fishery and of, of the ocean yeah. and what, we, what we're doing well, out there. I enjoyed fishing out of there. I caught a lot of fish. You know, I was like, I know with the advance, I was the first 530 tuna boat, local tuna boat. Then Ricky Dosberg started doing it on the Fury. I was just, you know, I, I'm always trying to look for some, a better bite, a better deal, this, that, and that, and it just worked out, you know. I, I'm just really excited to see that the immense change in the city of Oceanside. Now, I've never been a resident there, but growing up in Los Angeles and moving to Point Loma, you know, I moved right within a couple miles of the landing. When we, when we moved down here, we've stayed there. So it's our home. We love it. Yeah. But that's where we live now. But w driving through Oceanside and watching this change, Ron, I don't think you'd recognize it. The town is amazingly, is growing amazingly. There's hotels. Yeah, it's amazing, yeah. The whole beachfront is covered with tourism. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people down there that are, have the opportunity to want to fish for the first time. Yeah, well, my oldest son, Alan, we still have a house in Vista. And, you know, i got to make an announcement. A lot of people won't know this, but my my oldest son, Alan, who's 43 now, he worked for Zuckers. When I moved down there, he worked for James on the bait receiver. Then, then John Lloyd and Billy Mayagawa gave him a job at Zuckers. And he worked there for 23 years at Zuckers. And then this last year, he bought that company from from John. So my oldest son owns Zucker Trolling Lures, which is all over the world. He makes lures. His big market right now is Canada, Washington, Oregon, and New Zealand, and the Marshall Islands. But he sells marlin lures. Any place, anybody fishes marlin, there's going to be a marlin lure to be bought there by Zucker. So it's got a little it's, shop. It's in definitely Ocean. an in industry standard of, of trolling lures. Zucker's have been Something that have been in every every angler's tackle box yeah, exactly. in Southern California for as, as long so, as I can remember. He works so hard, and I'm so proud of him. Of course, Neil 
He was this dispatcher up in Santa Barbara forever. Now he lives up in. He left that job. They gave him. They wanted to, oil. Oil fields aren't too good right now, so he left that job. And he's going. He's up in. He, he's got a home up in Fortuna. And I get two granddaughters, but both of my boys are really doing good, and they both kind of followed the industry with me, leading them the way. You know, Alan was. Alan was not an albacore fisherman or not a salmon fisherman like me. He uh, he get he'd get a little sick sometimes, you know. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't buy into that too well, but he owns Zuckers. And I'm you know, and it's going to be really good because you know this year when I was on my uh, indie trip, we actually caught fish on the troll with feathers this year. So hopefully, <laughs> that's <start> awesome. <laughs> We'd like to hear yeah. that. I actually just I just was talking to someone today about that, that they were catching a few trollfish. And uh, we caught some of the few yellowfin that I've caught this year, we've caught on the troll. Yeah, that's good. You know, up, in, up north, <laughs> what Alan has done is he makes specialty lures. So let's say some guy's got a jig boat and he's working out of Canada. He likes a, um, maybe a zucchini with a, with a silver head or... He wants something special. He thinks that that's his go-to lure. So what Alan does, he just makes them special. Sure. And he just he makes each one by hand. And he sells them to all over. It's amazing the orders he gets. Fishermen, fishermen, and athletes are the most superstitious people on the planet. Oh, exactly. If that's what worked yesterday, it's got to work again. I want them all. He builds them one at a time. You don't want to run out of tissue papers. And New Zealand, that fisherman doesn't want to doesn't want to run out of a no. the chrome head. Red zucchini brush tail with a piece of when green started, lime chartreuse tape around it. Green, green and white <laughs> chrome jap heads with a red eye, and they all came. They're all in a little box, and we you all, get a box of those six shooter heads. Yeah, and you put your own skirts on them. Yeah, well, those are those, those were, were those are Gucci. Strands. Those are high tech. But these were the old Later. Japanese feathered ones. You tie them. Yeah, they had dolphin skin on them, and you buy them. And but now it's a different deal. Everybody's buying zookers, and he sells up to England Marine. He sells. Some of his orders up in the Pacific Northwest are huge. Well, that's a great that's another that's a great fishery that we have here in this country. That's man as well gives the guys a good opportunity yeah. to, to catch fish and definitely catch fish on the troll. It's pretty much of a one of a kind lure, you know. Yeah, I remember John Lloyd when he was first making them. He was working in a tackle shop at Fisherman's Landing. And he used to make them out on the sidewalk out in front of the tackle box. He'd dye all the skirts and he he had this vision, you know. <laughs> So yeah. Look how many years he's been doing it. And well, that's one of the things, you know, a, a lot of us, I've been fortunate. My first ties are to the tackle industry and uh, being able to keep some of those relations alive is uh, I'm, I'm involved a lot with the Daiwa and their saltwater tackle. We get yeah. a lot of opportunity to to field test all their new stuff. And we've been really happy and fortunate with what they come out with. And, and one of the things I've always tried to get out to the fishermen is that, there's great fishing tackle that's not going to break the bank that you can buy and still have some money left over to go out and go fishing. Yeah, that's right. You know, Wendy, I saw a post by you today on my Facebook account that you and Merritt are going to a reggae on the Dana Prize. Is that tonight? <laughs> that was last night, and we had a great time. Oh, my you God. Know, I can't believe what, it. What, Dana... What Dana Wharf has done is amazing because not only do they do whale-watching trips 
fishing trips, but they do live band harbor cruises. And last night they had a reggae band. Oh, awesome. That's that great. Like fun? Oh, yeah. I'm into it. Let me ask you, did they serve any rum or anything like that? Oh, heck yeah. We had rum punch. <laughs> yeah, that, bo- I be- that and- boat's a great, that's a great boat. And I know they, they do that. I've, I'm, uh, they do a great job out of that land. They definitely capture a lot of people and a lot of, a lot of imagination goes into that schedule. I think that's fabulous that they do those. I'm sure it's not reggae every night, but they probably mix it up. Get yeah, a chance a to get well, there. Well, you know what? The crew, the crew went on a whale watching trip and had to turn around, clean up the boat for the reggae trip. <laughs> I'm sure they would. Yeah, they would probably get old after a while, but I'm sure they don't mind it. Yeah, well, probably some fun things people, to look how at. How many people were on the boat? Uh, it, to me, it was a full boat. I believe. I think there. I think with the band on there and everyone, there was no place to sit and you know, standing room only. So it was full. Um, but it it was it was a great. It was a great time, and and the Dana Pride has a liquor license, so they actually serve hard alcohol. Yeah. Which I don't mind. <laughs> I think that now I, I I've always loved the history of 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 the fleet, and I've always involved myself in trying to be involved in that. I I I love looking at uh, uh, sportfishinghistory.com. I don't know if you if you follow him on Facebook, but he's got always got great great photos of the of the oh, boats yeah. and how they come along. I reminisce on all and of get them. a chance to look at it. And I think that that day in the pride. Maybe it's either that boat or the New Del Mar was the last local boat built in Southern California, Maybe. the last local fishery boat. Probably. I know they both were built in the Northwest. That boat was built at Little Hoquiam, out in Hoquiam, Washington, and then they built the uh, that New Del Mar, which is not the not the Del Mar that became the Spitfire, which is the Seaway, which is like the last Seaway built. Yeah. But they built that that other boat out of aluminum in Seattle as well, Seattle Boat Works. How long was the trip, Wendy? It was an hour and a half cruise. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Dana Harbor is really tiny, so we would just kept going back and forth. Give about back five and or six forth. laps <laughs> an hour and a half. <laughs> but, but you know what? The, there's a bunch of tourists that, you know, jump on board. They have no idea where they're going. You know, they're just having a good time and dancing and drinking and, and, was the band and great? meeting new people. Yeah, we even think we convinced five ladies from Texas to start fishing when they come down for a visit. There you go. There you go. That's all it takes. Get them on the boat. They're halfway there. Did, right. Did, uh, <laughs> did Bob Marley's son show up for the party, or did he? <laughs> well, yes, there was a lookalike there. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Hey, I just went and saw Ziggy Marley a couple weeks ago down there in San Diego. So I saw him play. I, I love my reggae music. So you, that, I was jealous that you got a chance to go do that last night. But I'll, I'll get oh, a concert yeah, in a here before the summer's over. Okay, yeah, well, we'll have a great fun. game. We got, you got it? What's the bumper music? You can hear it? How yeah. come I don't hear it? I guess I'm deaf. <laughs> Too many shotgun shells. I'm like I think we're going to come back here with uh, Captain TJ yeah. here in the next couple you minutes. All right. Live on board the El Dorado Take here. Take What are you talking about? Ah, all Captain right. Ron Ernie Prado. Rod and Reel Radio. We'll be right back with more Rod and Reel Radio. You got it. Thank you.
can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at El CajonFord.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a bit set back with just what company to go with? Rod and Reel Radio urges you to try American and family-owned Land's End Charters. Land's End Charters offer their clients affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with their brand name fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a family-run business with over 50 years of experience. Go to LandsEndCharters.com to see all the current vessels and amenities available and call Cobble Greg or Jenny directly at 800-281-5778 when you're ready to get fishing. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Attention Rod and Reel Radio listeners, be sure to check out the Code Group mobile app. You can listen to the Rod and Reel Radio show live along with show archives without internet access. The Code Group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of inside sport fishing, marine traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app by texting the word REEL, R-E-E-L, to 90407, or enter the words CODE GROUP in the App Store on your smartphone. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. 
El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hello, this is Rod Real Radio. I hopefully got. There you go. Go ahead, Ron. Yep, we got it. Yes, sir. You got it. Go ahead. I wonder if we have TJ on the line. I heard somebody cut in. You on here, TJ? Uh, maybe not. That might be Jorge. No, I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll continue. Maybe he'll call in. I hope so. I want to get a live report from. The El Dorado goes every night over to San Clemente Island. It's been pretty good fishing. Yes, yeah, they've had great and fishing you know, up there. Yesterday, I was at the Compton Hunting and Fishing Club's uh, fish fry, and I saw Steve Picudo there, and he was telling me an interesting little fact. He said that the El Dorado, since last September, every single trip has had live squid. Cool. Yeah, they've they've been doing a really good job keeping squid in the in the tank and getting it getting it pretty solid. I know they've had it almost That's every. Good. I guess they have had it every trip. That that have you had a chance to get in on that Catalina San Clemente fishing, Wendy? That they've they've had some good fishing up there the past month. No, I've been uh, a little too busy. But uh, as soon as I come back from my other five day, Merritt's working on our boat, and we'll be headed out fishing soon. Yeah, they had they've had really good fishing at Catalina. I know. Uh, white sea bass, some yellowtail, uh, big halibut, all on the squid grounds when that squid showed up, and uh, and to San Clemente as well. We've been to San Clemente on the Prano a couple times, had some good fishing out there, made some squid in the cove, uh, yellowtail, good good calico bass fishing. You know, just the stuff that's, you know, kind of been our bread and butter of Southern California fishing. I, I got to tell you, calico bass fishing is, is one of the things near and dear to me, and I think it's probably near and dear to most of us yeah, me too. to get a chance to do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's really neat to see, though, because I have been on the boats out of Dana um, lately and just fishing, uh, doing kids' events and stuff, and it's neat to see the sand bass, the calicos, and all the barracuda that are around and all the shorts. I mean, we haven't had uh, that many and in numbers the amount of shorts that I'm seeing. So, you know, in the next... You know, next couple seasons, it should be pretty nice. I definitely, I think that that the change that we've done has, although we all kind of were a little hesitant in the beginning, we are starting to see the effects of the five fish limit and the size. But I think the five fish limit has helped a lot. Oh yeah, I it's really that. helped a lot. Ten, ten, ten fish is a lot of fish to bring home. It's a lot of. A lot of bass takes a long time for those to grow, and it's definitely. Um, I think it's. I mean, a lot more than you need. Yeah, really. A couple of years ago, I ran a calico trip from the three o'clock in the afternoon till nine, and, and all the calico guys just kind of came. They just wanted to fish calicos, and it was a calico trip. So you'd be surprised. There's a need for that. People like to just throw their junk in the weeds and. I got to fish all over Point Loma, inside, outside, and it was really good fishing. A lot of it's, fish. It's been great. The bass fishing in Point Loma and, and La Jolla right now has been as good as as we've ever had a chance to see because we've seen big bass, and and we're we're not taking as much. When the when the kelp died in the years past, and we had really really good calico bass fishing, which you've seen there. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, just 
you know, you get to seven or eight around, and then you're just trying to get those last couple. And, and you're, I think you're really, really hitting it hard to oh, yeah. end it with 10. So we've cut over all of our take in half right off the bat. Yeah. And then we cut it even less. But now we're starting to see it bounce back. And like you say, Wendy, in these spots out of Dana Point, Oceanside, seeing a lot more shorts, lots of action. And they're they're great. They're going to turn into our little golf yeah. balls. I call tell the guys they're going to turn yeah. into our golf balls. You know, before they had this passport issue with Mexico, I used to run down to Descanso once in a while with a Point Loma. Oh, my God. Remember those trips, yeah. That is such a great place to fish. You know, it's kind of out of the way. It's just down the coast, 25, 30 miles from San San Diego. It's like the the variety hole like San Nick used to be. But there's calico bass, and there's white sea bass, yellowtail, halibut. Big giant chocolates. Oh, man. Big browns, (laughs) big reds. Big oh, sheep yeah, heads. It was a great place to fish. But now, with the passport issue, it's just kind of out of the picture. It's definitely made it difficult. Guys like Ryan on the San Diego have done a great job of, of keeping that alive. You know, they're, they're making a good, a good show of it and good go. Right now, there's yellowtail down there and some big bonito and good calico bass fishing. So I think, you know, you're going to see a little bit of spike in the island run here in the next few weeks. And and everyone's starting to get really excited about what we're seeing offshore yeah. with this uh, anchovy starting to spare. Hey, Wendy, what's Stan doing tonight? Um, Probably on a trip. I am not sure. But, uh, you know, the only thing that keeps him away is if he's on the water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that. <laughs> yeah, I get... <laughs> One thing about this industry is that we're lucky because you guys understand that if we're gone fishing, it's a great excuse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's usually the first excuse, at least in my house. (laughs) At least in my house. We're going out fishing. And and I love it, like, introducing my own kids to it. They they have fun down at the dock. They have fun being being part of the boat and feeling like they're part of the crew. It's, It's a great opportunity and it's good, healthy opportunity for them to be out in, in the open and, you know, be around the ocean. There's a lot worse places they could be. You know, Wendy, the last few years, um, I've been working that Eyes Online knot tying booth with Howard and those guys, right? That is uh-huh. the most rewarding. Out of all the Fred Hall shows I went to with my own booth and everything, That if you have your own booth and you're caught up into a, uh, an, an industry booth, whether it's Iserline or one of the landings or a real manufacturer, it's just like you get the same questions asked every time. But if you do a knot tying thing where you teach somebody something, whether whatever knot they want to learn, it's like so rewarding. And when they leave the show, they've actually learned something, you know. And then they. It's really neat, and it's amazing how these kids really pick up on how to tie a knot um, when it when it comes to tying their first fishing knot. And it is really rewarding because they're going to be out there, you know, a lot of the times, you know, like even me, and I'm 53 years old and getting older, I can't see. Hey, can you tie my knot for me? <laughs> <laughs> bigger hook, bigger line. Right? <laughs> yes, I know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm actually afraid. To go, I'm going to be playing with some four-pound tests here at the end of the week, and I, I might have to get myself a monocle or something to hang around my yeah. neck, make sure I can see that little stuff. Don't want to embarrass myself in front of my kids. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you know I, got, 
I got the Oceanside Senior Anglers coming down to the pier this week to rig all the rods on the Crystal Pier. This weekend is our Crystal Pier Kids Classic, and that has been a phenomenal tournament. It's been this is our ninth year. Started out with a grant, but we we lost the grant. We're not going there, but we lost the grant, and then we, of course, with the friends of Rollo and all the commerce in town, we've been able to get enough funding to keep it going, and it's just a wonderful event. So if you guys want to come out with the kids, it's all free. I think we're the only event on the coast that we're giving Felipe's Pizza away nice, and fish tacos. <laughs> and you won't, Wendy, you won't believe the amount of emails I get from people, because Pacific Beach is a tourist town, and people see this pier full of kids and everybody out there fishing, it's kind of a magnet, and they walk out there. And when I see tourists are on, in town, I send them over to the fish taco, and they all eat fish tacos, and they can't believe it's for everybody. Well, it is. God knows we get plenty of fish, but this year was a little tough, but we got it. I get emails from all over the country talking about, I ate my first fish taco on the Pacific Beach Pier, and hospitality awesome. was great. Yeah, oh, yeah. And think how many kids get to eat their first fish at fish fish taco. I bet you, you, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you guys catch a yellowtail this year off that pier. Well, they just caught one. I know. I saw that post a few weeks ago. I know. There's been a little bit. You know, it's happened when they're hitting at the pier. I asked Pam, the little gal that runs a bait shop there, how did they land that? (laughs) Well, with the cottages, they really can't walk it to the beach. Can't get bound to cottages. Just a pier gaff over the side. They used a big giant hoop net. She's got a big one. Oh, there you go. I wonder. I wonder how many <laughs> how many men it took to lift that fifty yeah, pounder no. up in a hoop net. Oh my or God. just watch the whole show. Kind of. I just like to sit back and watch that show unravel yeah. there. They catch yellowtail <laughs> off that pier all the time. See, that's all. That's all in the MLPA. To the north of it is the MLPA. Well, from that. Tremoline Beach there. It, it's From Law Street, yeah. right, north. Yeah. Yep, that is. It's right on the bottom corner of it. Yeah, You're right absolutely on the right. Line, so. You won't believe yeah. the fish they catch. The last couple of years, we've caught a lot of lobsters. On little pieces of bait, it's amazing. I read everybody the same. Lakeside Optimus comes down with a bunch of loner rods, so there's plenty of gear, plenty of rods, plenty of fun. It's just, and Like last year, we caught about 20 lobsters. And uh, because you can't keep them, you got to throw them all back. We had a lot of halibut. We had one legal, but a lot of shorts. You know, fishing's amazing. I grew up fishing on a pier, so I know what that's all about. So. I, I did as well, the Belmont Pier. Me too. See, the piers, we got to make sure we keep them open and keep everybody fishing on them. Yeah. What yeah, pier was yours, we Wendy? Make, we have to make sure that the cities don't get it in their heads that they can close down the, the, the pier to fishermen. It's, you know, I live in Huntington Beach, and we have all these people that are complaining about, oh, we don't like seeing fish die on the end of the pier. You know, and it's like, really? I mean, <laughs> it's a fishing pier. Right, that's what they were built as, municipal fishing yeah. piers. Yeah. Municipal fishing piers for the public to fish hey, for what? free. Right. For free. For you free, don't need right? a license. Yeah, for free, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, did you grow up there on the Huntington Beach Pier, Wendy, fishing there? <laughs> I used to fish the Seal Beach Pier all the time. Oh, oh yeah, the city of Seal Beach. They had the boats come in out of there, too. You know, one, yeah, of our, yeah. one of our U.S. Open champions, 
Byron Velvick. He was on the on the radio one night, and he heard me talking about doing a Huck Finn fishing tournament on the Huntington Beach Pier. We used to do that with the radio show. Okay. Well, the first tournament that Byron ever won, ever, was a Huntington was Beach Huck Finn. <laughs> and you know that he came, remember when he came down to the yep. pier and walked the pier yep. with all the kids and showed them all the hot spots? And, oh, man. Was, I <laughs> So I grew up on the Belmont Pier, fishing the Belmont Pier. And my, my, my grandparents, you know, these were the days when you take your motor home down to the parking lot and you'd stay. We'd stay for the whole weekend. So my grandfather would come pick us up on Friday, and we'd drive out there Friday night. And I remember he would always tell us, you know, we'd, we'd get mussels, and we'd never fish out on the end. We always fished for Corvina and, the, and, and surf perch yeah. right behind the breakers. It's like, oh, the guys, that's you go catch mackerel. Let them catch mackerel out there. We're going to be right here. And we'd fish right in the surf. So we were basically surf fishing yeah. with mussels, and that was what we loved to do. You know, I wrote a song about my experience fishing on the pier. When I did the, that's the Hooked on Hooking Up album with the Dorados, Larry and Gary and those guys, there was a song on that album called Wahoo Willie and Sheephead Sam. You remember that song, Wendy? <laughs> I do, and you know what? You are, I, you know, I wish you would do it again, and I've told you this before. You are really good at it, and we need more fishing songs. Yeah, we wrote that album. There was two of them on there. I wrote one from my experiences of Fish in the Loop called Fish in the Loop. Fish in the Loop. Yeah, and then I wrote one about Wahoo Willie and Sheephead Sam, and those were, I changed the names. There was two guys named Strong and Louie. Used to fish the pier every day. You know, I mean, it wrinkled their faces and rusted their gear, you know. <laughs> but that was a great song. we got to get those up on iTunes here, Ron. we got to get them out there. I still got some copies of them. Yeah, there you go. play them once in a while. Get out in circulation. Yeah, Barracuda Blues. Yeah, I remember the Barracuda Blues. Yeah. That that thing, that album was in the wheelhouse of the Chabasco there for a while. I'm pretty sure you left a copy in the player. Who took it? No, I, well, I don't know. <laughs> no, no one I took it, I don't think. That wasn't on the first album. Those tech, those, uh. Decks on the boat don't last too long. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was it. No that one was, took it. it that was a good time in my life. life. You know what was neat is we'd write a song. Gary and Larry and I would write a song, and we'd record it in this little makeshift studio. And then I would bring it to the show, and we'd play it that, that Sunday night on KPLS. And that was everybody was wondering what's the next song going to be. And every one was just really good. And, you know, to this day, I still get... Uh, when you register them, you register them, oh, I forget the name, but I still get a token once in a while from a little song called Rodden and Reeling, Oh, What a Feeling, Just Casting Your Troubles Away. It's a little waltz. still gets played down in the south once in a while. So. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah. You know, Jimmy Buffett wanted to record one of those songs. There's a surf fishing song that I wrote in there. That's your guy. That's the guy that would do it, actually, or now you've well, got hey, to. Well, that, that was a million seller. I, you know, Kenny Chesney's kind of taken over his spot there in the in the world. Is is the new Jimmy Buffett? Yeah. He really has. He really has. I don't know if you listen to that kind of music, Wendy, but he has a a radio station called No Shoes Radio on Sirius, and they play reggae and beach music and Jimmy Buffett, and it's a great. Well, I great to thing get a hold of. Maybe he liked to record. Jimmy Buffett wanted to record a surf fishing song. You know, remember that was a Mexican theme. Got the broom uh-huh. in my hand, 
my feet. Well, you're friends with Toby Keith. Why don't you have Toby? Toby do one. You know. Yeah, Yeah, I forgot about that. That's a long one. Yeah, I'm pretty good friends with Tobe. Like, I got real lucky. I met a lot of those country western guys because I had a guy that made T-shirts for them when they made a western swing. Thousands and thousands of T-shirts. And so he would always treat them to a fishing charter, and they'd come fish with me on the advance on Oceanside. I remember that. uh, I've got a chance to meet a couple of guys through Connections. We went and... uh, same guys did Neil Diamond. We got a chance to take those time, guys out fishing. Remember the time we took Stone Cold Steve Austin and Randy Savage out fishing? Yes, fishing? I do. That was oh, I forgot about God. that. Steve Austin. Oh, that was a man. wild time out there on the Chubasco shark fishing with uh, Steve Austin. And they were filming for a film, and we we caught little sharks, and then we finally caught a decent mako, and <laughs> that guy that mako looked like a piece of Swiss cheese. And it was <laughs> He's a big guy. He's a, he's doing something else. I see see him on TV every now yeah, and then, yeah. doing another Macho show. Macho Man passed away. I saw that. Yeah, just I, recently. Those guys were really cool, weren't they? To be around. Great guys, great guys, great personalities, big personality guys. I yes, I can hear the bumper music. Oh. Woohoo! Thanks for looking up. I thought I was going deaf. <laughs> uh, hey, I was trying. We're, we're trying. Gonna, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't you just love California in the summer? Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket and make sure the people you love wear one too. Love California, boat California, save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey, everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. 
If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. Hey, guys, we're back. This is um, Rod Real Radio. I started to say Fish Talk Radio, but just a matter of habit. All those... It happens. You know, you know, Wendy, we did, I think, 524 shows. Wow. That's how many shows we did. So I got most of those tapes still, so that's pretty cool. That was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. So. Well, tell me where you're going. You're leaving the studio at 645. What do you got, a hot date? Uh, yeah, we're at the Hobbit restaurant tonight for a special dinner, and uh, we start out in the cellar with hors d'oeuvres, hot and cold hors d'oeuvres, and, and house champagne, and then we move on to the main dining room and uh, have a, a nice nice evening and a nice dinner. Uh, tonight is filet mignon, and then uh, at the end, we're going to have their awesome homemade desserts. So this, you said the Hobbit. Is that, did I hear you correctly there, Wendy, the Hobbit? Yes, The Hobbit. It's a restaurant that's been around for a really long time, and it's located in Orange, in walking distance from the Long Fin. Right. Okay, so I just had a longtime friend of mine, a college buddy. His wife called me out of the blue one afternoon, and she said... uh, you, she, she's got reservations for there in October, and she's like, we have to go. She says, who do I want to eat at the Hobbit with? And she invited me and my wife to come up there. Oh, that's so that's funny. Fun. We're heading up there. i got to hear about this place. She was trying to explain it to me, but uh, we had a rough connection. So you I know didn't what, really Wendy, get a to hear. <laughs> you, got it, you got it going on. You were reggae last night. <laughs> it's the weekend, and she's. Yeah, I bet you, you're probably on the home stretch with your kids, right? You're not doing, oh well, it's summertime, but. How old are your kids, Wendy? Oh, my, my kids now are 23 and 24. Oh, you're Seven's on easy street. You're so, on easy street So now street I now. get to do whatever I want now. See, I've my got... My kids babysit my animals. <laughs> I've got a 10 and a 6-year-old at home. So our idea of, of... We don't know what to do with ourselves. A good time might be sleeping. My oh. wife and I. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days. You remember those days, Ron, with me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I pulled my hair out. <laughs> yeah, shuffle them all around. But I as you say that those girls seem to always win the knot tying contest. <laughs> Wonder why that is. <laughs> I don't know. Just you know, and it's funny Genetic. too because they eventually got banned from tying knots at the knot tying contest. But they didn't even fish. They only came to the Fred Hall show one day a year, <laughs> and they would win the tournament and finally got banned. Oh, well, it's genetic. They know how to do it. Their, their mom taught them well. Yeah. You know, well I, I, thank you. I think, the, I think the best knot tying contest. There's a show, you guys, at the, at the Fred Hall Show in Long Beach where they have all week you tie knots, and then they take the finalists, and they go up on stage, and they tie a knot. And I remember the year that Chuck Byron won Oh, the Budweiser knot. With the Budweiser knot. <laughs> that was so cool. Because for a couple of years, I kind of hosted that. Steve was involved with the show, and I went up there and kind of narrated it. And I asked Chuck, I said, what, what was that knot you tied? It was a Budweiser knot. You know? I was like, <laughs> with Chuck, of course it was the Budweiser knot, right? 
Of course. And you know what's really funny is, you know, I love Chuck. Everybody loved Chuck. He was a character. And now my partner in crime is his his uh, his wife, Lori. Oh, yeah. So uh, we oh, have yeah. a great time. You know, Chuck worked with me on the Sea Trek. He worked oh, the really? season. Oh, yeah. He was a deckhand with, for me on the Sea Trek. He loved it. He'd bring Chucky every day. Well, you know, you know Chucky's going to come out and uh, hopefully fish with us next year. He's going to stay out for about a month. Oh, that's great. But Chuck would bring these kids out. I mean, his kid out. But when people would come on the boat. I don't care if we had 10 or 40. He knew by the end of the trip, he knew everybody's name. He'd stand out there and thank them, call them their name. He learned how to clean fish. He was just a people's, the ultimate people's guy. You know, he was just good. So now Lori, Lori's involved in the industry still, right? Right, yeah, Wendy? She, she's yeah, working she's at a tackle manager at Turner's in, in San Marcos. Yeah. I ran into her at uh, a Daiwa event a couple, maybe last season or the season before but at the factory. But I, I had seen her, you know, Chuck, I met Chuck through the, the Fred Hall shows, of course, when I was doing the Fred Hall shows first with Turner's and then with Bob Sands. I was working with, yeah. with Sal at Bob Sands and working on the boats at the same time or towards the end of my time there with Sal. But yeah. uh, Chuck, I actually got to know the best because he was good friends with, with uh, Fat Leg and, and DeLuna. So oh, when yeah. the Blue Horizon came down, uh, Jim Sharp. And, and Richard DeLuna, they, they, oh, our buddy Chuck Byron is going to come down and go fishing with us. And they'd always go. We were catching albacore back then. And Great guy. Good kelp fishing. We had a good time. Definitely a good time hanging out on the dock. Yeah. I was pretty sad when he passed away. <coughs> Lori was telling stories on the boat. You know, Lori and I figured out a way how we could fish together and have our companies pay for it. So we do <laughs> all of our three, – three of our uh, our charters – we take together two five days and a three day, and uh, she would tell Chuck stories. And she just recently told us a story where she was on the boat with Chuck one time, and Chuck, you know, loved attention, so he jumped head first into the bait tank and came oh. up. Yeah, had his feet, you know, kicking, you know, with his head down in the water, and he came up with a sardine in his mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would not. He was a good guy. I'm sure right? he got out before any uh, crew saw him. I miss him dearly. <laughs> our, our industry misses him, too. Yeah, absolutely. We've had a lot of great work guys. work and his personality, know? definitely. We've had a lot of yeah. great guys. So. Well, that's awesome that you guys get a chance to go fishing. Now, do you do, you do a, is this an all-female all trip that you do? Or, uh, we, we do a couple Wait. of those all-female trips on the Pronto uh, with a couple of group of different lady anglers down here in San Diego. Okay, well, we did last year on the Searcher, we did our first uh, three days ladies' retreat on the Searcher, and uh, each lady got a pair, a free pair of extra tough boots. Um, as soon as they walked on, they got mimosas with a strawberry, and uh, we had so much fun. The lady, there were eight <laughs> ladies on board who had never fished before and didn't even know what a tuna looked like. And by the end of the trip, I mean, we went from beginning to end in instruction on how to cup a bait, how to pin it on, how to tie your knots, how to rig up, how to do the tuna shuffle. And by the end of the three-day trip, all the ladies caught their own fish on their own and were able to rig their own rods. You know, I got to tell you, Wendy, uh, you know, to, to steal, I mean, 
my I have a great story to tell about that because and I, want, I know Ron's got a story we were talking about. He really wants to share here in a minute. But when I the first summer I bought the Pronto, so four years ago, we had this phenomenal yellowfin tuna bite. And we had a group of women charter the boat. They were all coming out. We, we didn't know it was a group of women. I just knew that the charter master was a woman. So we get 12 ladies come down the dock. They all work together. They're all nurses at the hospital out here at Grossmont Center. And uh, we gave them their instruction. They paid attention. And we had the most success, the best time. They're the best listeners, easiest to, to teach group oh, yeah. I've ever had. Yeah. There was no fighting back from any one of them. And I, and I don't mean fighting back, like, physically, but... You know, the guys, right. you start play feel out personalities, and you have a guy whose dad took him fishing when he was a kid, and he just fights you on listening the whole time. Yeah. And he doesn't, not that he doesn't want to do it, you can just tell he doesn't want to listen. Yeah. So, but we just had a blast. And kids, women, I think if you, if you enter into the sport with a completely blank slate, slate the, you know, the crews out there have a lot to teach you. You know, I used to make these long-range trips with Dino. I would say Dina, she doesn't really fish much anymore. She fishes freshwater up at San Vicente, but she was probably one of the most, one of the best women fishermen there is. She could catch a 100-pound tuna like nothing. She's got a world record yellowtail. But, and she would fish hard. She's the first one up, last one down. And all the guys would try to outfish her, and I would tell them, just let her do her thing. You're going to lose. You're not. She's going to beat you. I'm just telling you. I don't know what it is. Why they have to take a shot at them? But that's the way they. Everybody wanted to take a shot at Dina. You know. One time we made an Iser line trip. On the, I think it was the Queen, and uh, there was a gal that came out, saw Dina's name as a rep for Iser line, and she said, "Well, I know Dina's one of the best fishermen, but I'm going to beat her today." Okay. That's good. Well, that didn't happen. You know, and Dina caught like 12 or 13 albacore, and this gal, she was right next to Dina all day, and finally Dina had to tell her, you know, give me a little room here, you know, give me a little room. Dina's kind of quiet, but there's a lot of girls, including yourself, Wendy, that are good fishermen. You know, I I know it's just when I was fishing. I had a lot of good teachers. Yeah. Well, that's what it takes. Who are men? That's <laughs> yeah, but you have to you have to be able to take it all in. That's the whole that's the secret trick that's not taught in the videos and never shown in the books. Yeah. Really being able to absorb it all in, and I I really believe that the details, you know, the little details would make the difference in, in a success. The details do make the difference. I mean, and it the perfect example is I went on a trip, it was a white sea bass trip and the captain said, you know, You've got to do dropper loop. You have to have it five feet above the bottom. You know, this is how I want it rigged and blah, 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 this, this, and that. And it was a bunch of guys. I was the only female. Well, the only fish that was caught that day was the one that was rigged five feet from the bottom. And guess who got it? Because she listened. You know? <laughs> yeah, everyone's I, I mean, going to catch it one way or the other. Yeah. You know, when right. I was fishing halibut, a lot of women caught a lot of fish because it was just get we rig everybody, make sure everything was right. We would even hook their baits on because sometimes with those Nautilus Kamigatsu circle hooks, it's kind of hard to, to hook a bait on. So I, I wanted the scales on the on the fish and not in their hands. So Absolutely. We would we would have stand at the bait tank and hook people's baits on, you know. 
And it was amazing how many women would catch big fish, you know. That was amazing. I think he just had the patience. Even though they were green, whether they were raw, it didn't matter. Just... But, but there's also... You know what I think it is, too, though? I think it's a lot of men are construction workers or work with their hands. And the ladies, they can feel a lot more. Their hands are more sensitive, and they can feel a lot. Yeah. You're right. I think I think you're definitely right. They feel a lot. And I will tell you, if you if you pay attention, I can tell you when you say when someone says feel, the first thing that ever pops into my mind is Aaron Martins. I got a chance to fish with Aaron Martins huh. years and years ago. He is the first guy I ever saw holding the line. He ran the <laughs> line through his fingers all the time. Oh yeah, and. I didn't know I'm a freshwater. I'm not a freshwater guy. I'm a saltwater guy. I grew up fishing live bait, but this idea of being able to be in contact with your bait all the time, it goes it goes a distance. It, it goes the extra mile where you don't miss that little subtle bite. And and I, I think like you talk about rigging, uh, we catch so much calico bass on on dropper loops and rig them up in a way so that the novice person gets a bite. Nice and high enough up off the bottom, you catch a nice calico bass. You might catch a rockfish, but you definitely get action. We always were thought you had to fish a fly line, a sliding egg sinker. All the bass are back there behind the boat. That's not true. You know what? When I fished with Byron Velvet, I learned one thing. When Byron gets ready to set the hook, you better sit down. Because that guy can swing. Oh my God! Well, those guys, those guys are used to fishing. With I always say, it's you know we get lucky. We're putting a, a double double. We're putting a cheeseburger in that fish's mouth. This is what they want to eat. They really don't want to spit that sardine out. Now you put a chunk of plastic or a piece of hard lure, something else that they're not used to eating. You've always got the opportunity. He's gonna kick it out of his mouth. Yeah, I had to tell Byron. <laughs> I was fishing the back of the boat, and I had a a little seat I could sit in. And I and I tell Byron, you let me know when you get a bite, because he'd always kind of <laughs> drop the rod, get ready to set. Let me know, because I want to hang on, because he'd sit, he'd swing, and that whole boat would just lean over. I mean, he'd, <laughs> well, all those bass guys, they do that. They swing sure. hard. And I see a lot in the saltwater world now how it's it's totally starting to change with the, I mean, I don't want to say spectra. the advent, the yes, the growth of spectra. And I want to give credit where credit is due because Russ Eiser, people that don't, that are newer to this industry, and all these guys that have started fishing in the last 20 years, they don't know that Russ was way right. ahead of his time fishing Spectra yeah. and, and, and helping our industry. And I remember going back to the mid-'90s, everyone looking at him like he was not all there fishing straight Spectra. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know what was funny is, is, you know, since I started working, and I knew Russ before he died, um, I started working for Iser Line. And, you know, first he brought in this Kevlar line, but the Kevlar started melting in salt water. So he had to get rid of the Kevlar line. And then he found this stuff called spider wire. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was using the spider wire for a while. And then he realized kite string. That stuff's pretty strong. I'm going to use kite string. And lo and behold, he changed the way we fish today yeah. with his Spectra line. Yeah, That's absolutely. A good piece of information right there. I knew yeah. Russ Eiser too. So great guy. Ran a boat out of Twenty Second Street Landing. Oh, very knowledgeable. Very knowledgeable. He very built the first string. Yeah, I got a chance just he, he, recently to talk to Mark and Paul yeah. about launching that boat. 
Hey, guys, we're going to take a break. We're coming back on our final second. I have got a good story to tell about Ernie. And this is like the ultimate, the ultimate gotcha. I'm sorry you're going to have to miss this, miss this one, Wendy. But I'll tell you all about it next time I see you. We'll be right back. All right. Rod Real Radio. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief. It's here, and it's time to go on the Chief. For those of you that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips, ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin 6 ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Don't you just love California in the summer? Just remember, if you love California and you love the boat, please wear your life jacket and make sure the people you love wear one too. Love California, boat California, save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. Hey, who do you call? If you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason... No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call one 800 227 7262 or just spell bass boat 1-800 bass boat i know there's too many letters but the t is free and the calls on me that's 1-800 bass boat the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance for more information log on to 1-800 bassboat.com rod and reel radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on itunes stitcher or your favorite podcasting app Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hey guys, we're back. This is Captain Ron, along with Ernie Prado. I gotta tell a little story. I mean, I really enjoyed working for Ernie, and we have a great rapport, and we're the best of friends, and he has a great little boat, great little run. Caught a lot of fish, but we were running a 5:30 tuna trip, and I left. But I had about 25 people on the boat, and we ran out, 
And I was driving out out of, out of Mission Bay. I got about five miles out. And on the horizon, I saw a Dorado jump, which when they jump, they stick out like a sore thumb. You could see them before I even saw the patty. I really wasn't looking. We were on our way out to the 302, which was still another 15, 18 miles out. Well, when I got up to where I saw that Dorado jump, there was a patty and it was loaded. So we caught about, I don't know, 25 or 30 Dorado, caught enough fish. And by then, if I would have continued going to the 302, I'd have been the last boat there. And if you're kelp patty fishing, you got to be where there's no boats. Fresh water. So, yeah. So if you find one, it's not full of coffee cups, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just decided, since I had a lot of experience fishing down La Jolla Canyon off of Del Mar, I made a right turn and went on up. And as it turned out, I had a good day. Found some kelps. Ryan on the Mission Bell came in, fished with me. We did a good afternoon. But that afternoon, there was a couple of our half-day boats, and I'm not going to mention any names. But they were anchored up at Northwest, which is up on the upper end of La Jolla. And one of our overnight boats, which I think was Ray Summers, was running up San Diego at the time, relief for Bob Williams. God bless him. What a great guy he was. Um, he called one of the half-day boats, and the half-day boats said they got a good bite on the yellowtail. They each had about 80 or 90 yellowtail apiece for the afternoon half-day. But they didn't tell Ray where they were. They told Ray that they were down at Point Loma. Well, I was just above them. I was right up above them, above, up, up, off of Del Mar. I looked down. I could see them. I go, wait a minute. What's going on? So the next day, we get ready to leave. San Diego breaks down. So all their people, which we couldn't hold them all with what we had, we filled the Chabasco all the way to the top. Oh, yeah, 44 people or something. Yeah, back then we were 52. Or whatever it was. Yeah, it was a lot of people. We had a lot of people. (laughs) So I come out of the harbor, and I thought, well, the day before they didn't catch nothing up on the outside, and it was crowded. So I wanted to go up into La Jolla Canyon and look around again. So I started driving up the line, and all of a sudden, at Southwest at La Jolla, I see a group of skiffs, maybe six or seven skiffs all in a pile. And I looked at them with the glasses. Man, all the rods are bent. Next thing I got up there, these guys are waving me in because I have a lot of friends. I'm, I don't, I'm, a, I don't, I'm not mean to anybody. I try to, in, I try to educate them. These guys called me in. And here was this big giant spotty yellowtail. So I dropped the anchor. We start sliding back and we start hanging. I mean hanging early. We were hanging. <laughs> About 9 o'clock or so in the morning, I get the cell phone call. And it's Ernie. And Ernie says, what are you doing? We're, you're at Southwest, man. What are you doing? I said, man, we've got a yellowtail bite going here, and i got 8 or 10 hanging, and it's biting, and they're all nice big ones. Oh, my God, really? I said, yeah, yeah. So he goes back down to the San Diego, gets Ray and Bob and Mike Schmidt and Mikey off the San Diego. Yeah, they they'd got the San Diego fixed. So yeah, they got there was fixed. Yellowtail up there in La Jolla. They showed they, up. You could walk across up. the water. Booger had a <laughs> Booger was there because he had a friend's Rollo kids trip. He was above That's us. That's right. 
And okay. He, he caught a few yelltail with that group too. But anyway, we we sit there had 162 fish. That's a great. That's a true story. And I was just Ron was mopping them up. <laughs> Bob, Ron was out there just. They were just whittling fish by the time we got out there. It must have been about 11 or 11.30. I'll never forget it. I, I hopped in my truck with Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt was living, and him and I were living in the house. Uh, he was living in the back house behind Lisa, and my wife, and myself. And Mike and his uh, girlfriend were living in the back house. And we went in the garage, and we grabbed every jig stick we could find. Because my rods are, are on Chabasco, and Mike's rods were on the Malahini. And we, Bob only had a few rods on the uh. San Diego. So we get a big old bundle of jig sticks, and we run back down to the dock, and we get out there, and we needless to say, we didn't make too many friends that day, but we had a great time. Oh, that was Sunday. great. Uh, I thought that was great. Oh, Ron was laughing. We had a great time. Just, the only one uh, that didn't like it was Timmy. The half day guys. Half guys didn't. Half like day it. guys didn't like us coming they out there. Like it. They didn't like it. Goofing off. The, the all day boat fishing at La Jolla. What's the difference? Yeah, well, you got to. And, hey. you know and one guy said to me, he said, well, why didn't you call me? I said, my God, you're at a half a mile above me. You had to mm. see the gaffs flying. They are where you find them. Yeah. And these gifts put me on them. And when the phone rang and it was you, I just know. <laughs> yeah, that, that was so good. Did you, just, did you swallow hard? Yeah, it was a tough one. <laughs> it was a hard one. You know, we, we've always had, you get those moments where you go, you just got to do what's right. And it says fishing, fishing so, always isn't. So what's your Jesus. schedule now with the Chabasco? So right now with the Chabasco, we've really developed this this ex, this great following of this 9 a.m. departure. So what we did is when Islandia shut down, now going back seven years ago, we had made a run with the three-quarter day. And we wanted to kind of offer something a little different to make sure that we could stand out from the crowd. So we switched up to this 9 a.m. departure. We turn at 4. It's essentially a local three-quarter day. Yeah. We call it a half day. It's a seven-hour trip. The half-day trips are six hours now, so you get an extra hour. But it's essentially a local three-quarter day trip. And the guys get a lot of fishing time. We do that open party whenever we're not chartered. We do have a pretty good following uh, of charters. A lot of them have switched over to the Prano, which since I bought the Prano, so we have a lot of uh, charters on that boat yeah, as well. Yeah. But our open party, bread and butter, is the local calico bass, yellowtail, leave late, kind of get back a little early, yeah. get a good opportunity to get a lot of first-timers out there. I started that with the Point Loma. Yes, you did. I started doing a local trip down there because there was a, there's a call for it. You know, by the time you're going to go to the islands, it's not like, a, like Steve Peterson, Peterson and I were talking the other day. Well, we used to go down and fish sand bass, sonar up, all the group there. People loved it. Limits to sand bass. Go to the islands, maybe catch a yellowtail, maybe not. Maybe catch a bag full, whatever. Everybody had a good time. And we come in. That, that fishery's gone. The passport issue, the visa issue, price of the ticket. Oh, my God. It's just, it's, just, it's out of the question. You're absolutely right there. And you hit most of those points right on the head. That's well, right. that sand bass fishery, we actually had something to offer to everyone. So it was a very, you know, you'd run down there in the morning and you take care of your first-time passengers. Hopefully, you'd get a really good bite. You get your five fish. That's where we had our first experience with five fish limits. Oh yeah, five sand bass just down below the border. You maybe catch a few yellowtail 
some barracuda, maybe a halibut or a white sea bass. Yeah. Like you mix it up down there in the mud, and you'd get your, your boat. You'd make your run across the island. You'd get everything cleaned up. Two stops at the island, yellowtail, yellowtail, come home, yeah. cut fish all the way home. Wasn't that and great? Just, those, those were the good old days. Those were some I good times. I don't know if that'll happen anymore. I don't know if that's ever going to happen again either. Yeah. Sure do miss those trips. So those were fun. Yeah. I, I I can play back those drives from 30 and 10 to the ribbon kelp or to the gun site yeah. in my head with music playing Everyone's smiling. We just had great bass fishing. We're making a nice lunch run. Oh, yeah. Go catch some yellowtail to top off. It's all different now, isn't it? So so different. It's really definitely definitely changed. When I was doing that halibut run, that was a seven to five trip. People loved it. It was $66. It was affordable. People go down there, get a one day license. You have to buy no visas, no passports. Just go have fun. We caught a lot of fish, halibut. We didn't catch, you know, I think the best day I ever had was 27, but we caught a lot of other stuff, so a lot of sculpting. That's great halibut fishing, 27 oh, legals, yeah, man. Yeah. I have one day in my life, Daryl and myself had limits of halibut at the back, on the back of Catalina Island for six people. Yeah, we used to catch a so lot of them there. Lots of them. Ben Weston and all up along. This is up, up by, um, by West Cove, just, you know, when east I, of When I fished with Dick out of Oxnard on the Electra. We used to have hundred fish days. I bet I up in the, up in um, Beechers. Yeah, Beechers Bay Beechers up Bay. off of Carrington Point in the Sand Spit at Bellow McGill. So, well, I want to thank uh, John Cassidy Hopalong for letting me do this tonight. I'm, I'm disappointed that my two guys I had that were going to call in, but maybe they had a late day. Who knows? They were going to be live on the boats, but we had a good time. Thank you, Ernie. I think you're doing a good job. Thank you, Ron, for having me. It's Wendy, thank I'll you I'll end as up well. on a boat somewhere. I got a couple of things in the fire. So. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Rod and Real Radio. Good night. Have a good one. Catch fish. And take a kid fishing. Gone fishing. How real gone, man. <laughs> you ain't working anymore. Could be. There's your hole out in the sun where you left a row half done. You claim that hoeing uh, ain't no fun. But I can prove it. You ain't got no ambition.